welcome to the Policy and Perspective podcast from Mathematica Policy Research. I'm Kristen Valivas, a senior researcher in the International Division at Mathematica. I'm joined today by my colleague Sarah Hughes, a senior fellow in the International Division, to talk about population-based data collection in developing countries. Sarah, thanks for joining me for this conversation today. Thanks for having me. Today we're going to talk about how to collect high-quality population-based data in developing countries. Before we start, can you tell us what is population-based data? So by that I mean data that is collected either from households or from individuals. Why is good quality population-based data important for public policy? Well, good data is really fundamental to good policy. And to give you just a, a really easy example, a study that we've done on infrastructure asked individuals about sort of, did they have a paved road? How did they get clean water? Did they have electricity and so on? And the purpose was to establish where in the cities new infrastructure needed to be built, whether it was roads or piped water or electricity infrastructure needed to be built. And the only way to know that was by actually going and speaking to individuals in households and finding out from them what did they have and what did they not have. And then the decision makers in the government can then decide, okay, which are the most urgent needs, where are those located, and then can implement public policy to build the infrastructure that's necessary. Mm-hmm. Getting the data straight from the people. What are some exactly. of the challenges with collecting good quality data in developing countries? So there are a number of challenges, and some of these um, are, are really logistics. So, for example, in some countries, there really aren't very good roads. I just mentioned roads before, but there are people who live in very rural areas where there are no paved roads. It's very difficult to get to pockets of the population. You may have to fly or take a canoe to get to um, different areas. Sometimes people are in mountainous areas. Sometimes they're in conflict zones. All of those are, are logistical challenges. Um, other things that can be challenging are, for example, a lot of cities in, um, in developing countries are rapidly urbanizing. And so individuals are moving into non-standard housing, sometimes called slums, uh, in, the, or in the area around a city. And it's very difficult to exactly find out where people are and how many people are living in an individual household. So those are a couple of the challenges. And another really common one is multiple languages. For example, in Uganda, there are over 30 languages spoken in the country. And even though the country is relatively small, some of those locations are difficult to access and you have to build questionnaires and have trained interviewers who speak those languages in order to collect data from the individuals that speak only those languages. So to get good quality data, you have to get to the people and be able to speak their language. What are some of the strategies that you use to help uh, address these challenges? So a lot of it comes down to really good field work and really good project management. You need to recruit interviewers who have the language capacities um, that are necessary for whatever your survey is. You need to train them really carefully because they, the interviewers are the individuals who have that face-to-face -face connection with, with what we call the respondents, so the household members. They need to ask the questions that are in the survey, ask them correctly, be sure that they are actually gathering the information that is necessary, and that they, they also need to build confidence in the person who is responding to them so that that person feels like their data is protected and that they're comfortable telling truthful information. So that's, I'd say training is probably number one. But there's also, we're really fortunate to, to live in a period when a lot of technology can assist us. For example, we used to have to do all of our 
surveys on paper and pencil. And there's a lot of opportunities for error with paper and pencil, you know, mistaken mistaken numbers and, and sometimes a, a page may be skipped. All those kinds of errors can create a lot of problems with your data or bad data. Uh, we now can program our questionnaires on smartphones or on tablets and that we can sort of lock down some of those potential errors by programming the questionnaires quite carefully. And one of the real beauties of having this technology available to us now even in, in remote um, places in developing countries, is that we can get the data a lot faster. And so for rapid decision-making for public policy, getting the data sooner, sort of directly from the individuals and into the analysts' hands and then providing it to policymakers is actually a really, really help for a quick turnaround. So good policy can be made at a, the time when it's needed. Exactly. So a commitment to good training, um, good management, and these technological advances sound like great ways to improve the quality of the data. Um, any final words of advice for someone else who's going to do this? So I would say that technology can't really ensure perfect data collection, um, but if you manage your field work appropriately, especially with the help of good technology and new technologies, these can really help to ensure that um, you get really high quality population-based data um, and that that can be collected for the use for use in public policy. And I would say that good data is really fundamental to good policy. Thanks, Sarah. This has been a very informative conversation about an important topic. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you for listening to Mathematica's Policy and Perspective podcast. We hope you tune in again soon. Thank you.